Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 16. And I want to talk today, I, we, we just got back, uh, my family and I, we got back from a little vacation. Uh, we were able to go to Florida, um, and my daughter had a lacrosse tournament, and so we got to uh, celebrate with her, and we got to go to the beach and do all these awesome and fun things. And the whole time, I, I just had this, this pondering as I was just spending time with the Lord in, in prayer and just considering the season I'm in, the things that are happening in life. And I was just really impacted in reflection by the cost that it takes to follow Jesus. How many of you know there, there is a cost to follow Jesus? You know, I, I think our, in, in, in our culture today and what has been preached for many years is that if you come to Jesus, Jesus will make everything comfortable in your life. But how many of you know Jesus never promises that? In fact, he promises that there's gonna be persecution. He promises difficulties. He promises trials. How many of you know in the midst of those things, he promises peace? He promises to give you strength, but that doesn't mean that there's not difficulties or challenges, amen? And so there is a cost to following Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I've given my life to the Lord. I, I, I want to follow him and I want to become more and more like him, anybody else. Like that, that's the goal is that I'm not just giving my life to the Lord and this is just a thing I do on Sunday. This isn't just, you know, my religious obligation. It's not to just be, be me and him are, you know, we're good and things are okay. No, the goal here is following, of following the Lord is to become more like him. And sometimes we, we don't really understand the cost of following Jesus. We, we come to church and we give our life to him really more for what we can get out of it rather than what he wants to do in us and through us. But I believe that Jesus is calling us in this hour, that he is calling believers, he's calling his people and he's saying, would you follow me and give your all? Would you give everything to follow me? How many of you know there's a cost to that? We're talking about giving up our dreams. We're talking about giving up personal ambitions, giving of our time, giving of our resources, where whatever he says, whatever he wants, that's what, gets, that's what goes. That's what gets priority in our lives. And I believe that Jesus is asking us to come and follow him and to forsake everything else to make him our priority, to make him our number one, to not turn back or to turn away when things get difficult because how many of you know, it's gonna get difficult. You know, I believe this is the greatest hour in history to follow Jesus, it's right now. And I also believe it's going to become one of the most difficult times to follow him because the world is going to try to talk you out of following the Lord. The world is gonna to try to do everything. The Bible says that darkness is increasing as the days continue, that it's getting darker and darker. What does that mean? There is more evil in this world than before. That it is actually even being celebrated. That it is being preached. That it is being accepted sometimes even in the church. It is getting difficult 
And there is a cost, but how many of you know Jesus told us of all this? Right? Jesus told us of all of this. And so the only way to fully follow Jesus, and I'm going to give you a hint, is to fall in love with him. How many of you know when you fall in love with somebody, you'll do whatever it takes to be with them? When you got that young love, that they, sometimes they'll call it the honeymoon phase, every minute of every day, you're thinking about that person. When you're away from them, you want nothing more than to be with them. And when you're with them, you want to make them happy. You want to serve them. You want to, to see them smile. You want to do what pleases them. You guys know what I'm talking about? And I believe the Lord is saying, would you choose to fall in love with me? Jesus gave everything for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. He wanted to be with you so badly that he emptied himself of all glory. He emptied himself of all divine attributes. He came to this earth to become one of us so that he could be with us forever, that he might win us back to him. And Jesus is saying, would you choose to love me that way? I've given everything for you. Would you give everything to me? Will you love him? Because once you fall in love with him, let me tell you something. When you fall in love with Jesus, you won't quit. There are so many people in the church who are falling out, who are falling away, who are quitting, who have turned their back because why? They never were really in love with him in the first place. Let me tell you, if you are in love with the church, if you are in love with just feeling good, if you are in love with the music, if you are in love with anything but him, you are at risk of losing him because your heart doesn't belong to him. How many of you know we need to be burning with love for him, amen? There's a cost to that. There's a cost. Listen to Matthew 16, verse 24. This is where I had you turn, Matthew 16. We're gonna look at verse 24. Jesus is talking to his disciples, the people that would follow him. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is, is it to a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's making it very clear. He's making it very evident. This is what it takes to follow me. You must pick up your cross. You must deny yourself. You must choose to follow me. He's giving us our marching orders. And here's the disciples who had already given up so much. They had quit their jobs. They had left everything. They had left their homes. They had left their families. They were following Jesus. And what does Jesus say? He says, if you desire to come after me, let him deny himself. How many of you know you cannot live the life God has for you to live and live your own life too? You can't live the life that God has for you because how many of you know God has a plan for your life? 
You can't live the life that God has planned for you and live your own life too. And so many people, they try to bring in their own things in their walk with the Lord. They bring in their own baggage, saying things like, well, I have my own dreams. I have my own desires. I have things that I want to do. I have goals. And and we're taught from a young age that goals are good. And, And really they are, but only if they're in line with what he has for us, amen? And so here's Jesus saying, don't bring your baggage. You've given your life to me. Now leave everything else behind. Jesus is saying, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. Notice what he says, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus is using this verbiage and he's saying, you must take up your cross. Well, what is the cross that you are to carry? Your cross is your assignment. Your cross is your assignment that God has given you. How many of you know the cross represents a death? It is a dying to yourself, dying to your own aspirations, dying to your own dreams, dying to the things that you want to do in order to find his dream for your life, in order to find his plan for your life. Notice what Jesus says in verse 25. He says, whoever desires to save his life will what? Will lose it. Isn't it funny that the very thing that we try to hold on to is the thing we lose? You want to make more money, so you take the higher paying job and you end up losing the job. Or you end up losing your satisfaction. You lose your life because all your hours are now invested into this job rather than doing the things that the Lord has called you to do. We all have things that we want to save. Things that we want to hold on to. And we may say things like, well, I want to serve the Lord but I also want to do what I want to do, right? I, I, I want to I serve the Lord, but I want to do the things that make me happy. I want to do the things that, that, that I enjoy. I want to uh, do the things that, that, that make me feel satisfied. But the Lord has a plan for your life. And how many of you know it's a full plan? It's a full plan and it requires our whole lives. And so God cannot fit his full plan for your life in 10% of your time. God cannot fit his full plan for your life on a Sunday morning. God's plan for your life is a full plan. And many believers today, they will do things like choose the church they go to based on the length of the service. Whichever service is shortest, that's the church I'm going to go to. Whichever church has the best music, that's the church I'm going to go to because I like music. What has the Lord asked you to do? What is the Lord asking us to do? And we do whatever we can to get comfortable. We do whatever is convenient. And what we're ultimately communicating is that God will work around my schedule. He will work around my preferences to accomplish his plan for my life. But notice Jesus said, no, you follow me. Meaning Jesus is saying, no, no, I have a plan for your life and you need to adapt to my schedule. You need to adapt to my plans. 
And so God has a plan for your life. It's a good one, and it requires everything. How many of you remember the story of the rich young ruler, right? The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I've done everything. I've followed your commands. I've done everything that's been asked. How can I follow you? And Jesus said, sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. And the Bible says that he walked away sad because he could not do it. He couldn't give up what he had to follow the Lord. And as the man was walking away, notice Jesus never said, wait, 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 wait. You don't actually have to sell everything. Okay, okay, okay. No, Jesus didn't negotiate on this. That's why Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Why? Because he has too much. There's too much cost. It's going to require too much. How many of you know that's not just money? Maybe you have too many friends. Maybe you have too much talent. Maybe you have too many opportunities. And you look at the life of what it takes to follow Jesus, and you're like, I don't know if I can give that. But how many of you know that's what's required if we're to accomplish the life that he has for us? It requires everything that we are, all that we have. And so we try to save things, but Jesus says, lose it. Lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake, notice, will find it. How many of you would say, I want to find the life that God has for me? I want to find the life that he's prepared for me. I want to find the life that Jesus has paid for. And I want to just declare over every person here and over you that you will find it. That if your heart is to find the life that he has for you, the plans and the purposes, the identity, the things that he thinks about you, the things that he says about you, I declare that you will find it because you're going to lay things aside and you're going to make room for him to speak it to you. You must choose him. Amen? Look, turn to the person next to you and say, you must choose him. You got to choose. Now listen to Luke 14. I, you don't need to turn there. Luke 14, verse 16, listen to this. It says, then Jesus said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make what? Excuses. Here was the Lord, he's created a banquet, he's made us, he's prepared a table, and he's saying the time is ready, come and let's feast. Come and let's join, join me, be with me. And what do they do? They began to make excuses. Have you ever noticed that your excuses are always more reasonable than other people's excuses? Like somebody else will start making excuses and you're like, oh my gosh, right, right? Just total excuse. But then you make an excuse and it's like, well, now there's, there's a good reason now, right? Notice the time was ready. I said the time was ready. And the Lord called. And those that were invited said, I'm too busy. What does that mean? There's many who are invited into this who won't show up, who won't come. 
because they have more important things to do. Because they have their own plan, because they have their goals, the things that they've worked for, the things they've already sacrificed for. How can I give that up? I would pray that when the Lord says, come, that we would lay down everything and walk in obedience and come be with him. I don't want to miss any invitation from the Lord. The Bible says what? Seek the Lord while he what? While he may be found. And that's a confusing verse for some people because they're like, well, God's always existed. He's always around. He's always there. No, he's talking about the condition of your heart. There are limited chances in this life for people to come when he calls. May we do it. Maybe you don't know, you've never given your life to the Lord and the Lord is calling saying, I want you to surrender your life to me. Let me tell you, do it. Because there may not be another chance. Maybe the Lord is calling you into a deeper plan or a deeper walk with him, but it's going to require time of being at his feet. It's going to require time of spending time in worship. It's going to require you to get up earlier in the morning to be in his word and to start be in prayer. Listen, when he calls, how many of you know we must answer? We must show up. Because if we don't, we miss it. We miss the plan that he has for our lives. We miss the promise. We miss the good things. How many of you know the life that God has for you is better than any life you could come up with on your own? And you're like, how can that be? Because if I had it my way, I'd be, you know, a millionaire. If I had it my way, you know, I'd, ha- I'd be super famous and, you know, I- I'd have all the-, the fun and all the pleasures in life. But God's plan is even greater than that but you don't know until you come to him. When you start saying yes to his invitation, you will start to be addicted to his call. When you say yes to when he calls, you show up and he reveals himself to you, you can't wait for his next call. but we must say yes. Notice these people were invited, but it says they began to make excuses. Notice them. It says the first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. I asked that you'd have me excuse. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm gonna go test them. I asked that you would have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. These people are saying, listen, I've got all these other things going on. I can't respond to the invitation. But they're talking to their master. How many remember when Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say? You call me Lord, but when I ask you to do something, you don't have the time. You call me Lord, but when I ask you to come be with me, to humble yourself, to worship me, you don't do it. You just stand there. You say, well, I'm not going to do that. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why? Because we try to save things. 
We try to hold on to what we have. But didn't Jesus say, whatever you, he who tries to save his life will what? Will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will what? Will find it. That means when we give all to Jesus, we find what he has for us. Amen? This is so important because this is the walk. And we can hear things and we, we talk about sanctification and justification and, and I thought I was saved by grace. And how many of you know you are saved by grace? There is nothing you can do to earn your salvation. You don't get into heaven based on being a good person. You get into heaven based on being one with him. Receiving what he's done, receiving the life that was poured out by the blood on the cross, that we receive that and it cleanses us and makes us righteous before him. The only way to go to heaven to be with him is by receiving what Jesus has done. Amen? That's justification. When you are receive that grace, you are made just and you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's good news. You can't earn it. All it says, you must confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ raised from the dead and you will be saved, right? But sanctification is a different thing. Sanctification is when we become like him. And that must be chosen. It is a work in progress. It requires difficulties. It requires difficult times where it's hard and I don't know how to follow him and, and it's so difficult right now and all I want to do is quit, but I can't quit. Why? Because he's calling me. Because he has a plan for me. I can't stop. I must do what he's called me to do. Why? Because I'm not my own. Because I was bought by him. I was bought at a price. It was the price of his blood. He purchased me. He has saved me. And now I must give everything that I have to him. When you submit to that, you become more like him. And he uses circumstances and situations and things to shape you and to mold you to become more like him. Notice what it says in verse 21. It says, the servant came and reported these things to his master saying, listen, they're invited, but they all have things going on. It says, then the master of the house said, being angry, he said to a servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, master, it is done as you command and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means when he calls, we obey. And that obedience will cost us. We may have to say no to our friends. We may have to say no to certain relationships. We, we may have to say no to opportunities, opportunities that seem good, that seem right, but because the Lord is saying no. How many of you know when we call Jesus our Lord, that word Lord means he's our master and decision maker. 
meaning whatever you say is what goes. See, this is the life of following Jesus. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. What does that mean? Just how Christ was crucified and was put to death on a cross, I too have been put to death on a cross. I have given my, I am no longer who I was. My old self is gone. He says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is saying, listen, the reason I give my life to Jesus is because he gave his life for me. That was the exchange. That was the trade. Jesus, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, this is what he was saying. I will take your sinful life, the one that is on the way to hell, the one that is without God. I will, Jesus said, I will take that life and I will give you my righteousness. I will give you my authority and I will give you my position with God. And when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, how many of you know we're saying, I'm taking that deal. Jesus made himself sin so that we could be righteous. But some people, we forget, sometimes we forget to give our life away. We say the prayer, we, we, we come to church, but we're really doing our own thing. And we try to hang on our old, onto our old dead man, not actually realizing we've been created new that we are now a new man. Amen? I believe the Lord is giving us an opportunity to lose our lives. To give ourselves fully and completely to him. And to choose to begin to live the life that he has for us. But listen, we need to lose the very things that we try to hold on to. There are things that I've tried to hold on into my life and it just made me miserable. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where the things that you wanted all of a sudden, you're just like, this is the worst thing. There's no more joy. There's no more peace. But how many of you know when we give those things that we try to hold on, when we give it to the Lord, he takes it. And he can do whatever he wants with it. He can take what you give him and he can throw it to the side and saying that's not for you. Or he can take it and give it back to you and now what? It's blessed. When you surrender what you're trying to hold on to to the Lord and we put our trust in him, how many of you know he wants the very best thing for you? When the Lord gives it back to you, it is double blessed. Because now, because the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and with it he adds no sorrow. If you try to save it, you're miserable. If you give it to him and he gives it back, there's nothing but joy. You guys with me? but we must choose his way. We need to be willing to lose the very things we're trying to save. I had you turn to Ephesians 2, and we're gonna close with this. Ephesians 2, verse four through six says, but God, who is rich in mercy, 
because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. How many of you know if you are not in Jesus, you are dead in your sin? You are without hope. You are without life. Even when we are dead in trespasses, he has made us alive together with Christ. And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice, he raised us up. That is past tense, meaning he has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you, when you are born again, where are you seated? In Christ Jesus. You are now in him. See, we must realize that if you are, have given your life to him and you've received what he has done, you are now, you must realize who you are. You must realize that when we give our lives, we give it to him, but we must allow him to show us who we are. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14. It says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. How many of you know that is a promise from God? I hear so many times people say, well, I don't know how to hear God. Are you really seeking him with all your heart? Are you laying down the distractions or is it just another thing that you're doing? Have you laid down your life to him? Have you given everything to him? And said, Lord, whatever you want, Lord, I give it to you. I seek you, Lord. I want to know what you have for me. I want to know what you have for my life. You see, many people are seeking, but they're not finding him because there's just too many things in their life that they're trying to save. Too many things in life that they're trying to hold on to. In reality, what you're saying is, I'm seeking the Lord, but I don't want to break up with my girlfriend. I'm seeking the Lord, but I don't want to stop watching those TV shows. I'm seeking the Lord, but I don't want to stop making all of this money. No, when does the Lord say he'll be found? When we seek him with all our heart, meaning everything we have is his. Everything. Do we see what it takes? Not to be saved, but to be one with him to become who he's called us to be. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I'm going to ask that we stand, and I'm going to invite Karen to come up. She had a word for us this morning, and I'm going to ask her to share that now. But can we stand as, we, as she shares this? Here you go, Karen. Good morning. Hi. Um, yeah, I had asked Pastor Jay if I could share something that the Lord spoke to me at the very beginning of this month, uh, kind of early in the morning, praying in the spirit, which is pretty much what I try to do. Uh, and I wasn't, didn't really have anything specific on my mind, but he said to me, this made sense to me, but I also knew at some point he wanted me to share this, which means I really think it's going to be something that will um, he'll speak to you about or that will give you encouragement because he said, something is about to break. Something is about to break and not a bad break like when you drop something that's breakable. Like 
He didn't say breakthrough, but that sort of thing. Something is about to break. And then he gave me a picture in my mind, um, not a vision out here, but in my mind, again, not expecting that. And it was the picture of a pinata. Um, and honestly, he probably laughs because I don't like pinatas. I think they're aggravating. I just, oh my gosh. We were at our grandson's birthday parties, two and four, a big birthday party with all their friends and little kids, and they had a pinata in the backyard. Oh, no. Because you just swing at them, and you swing at them, and you swing at them, and you know, it's just, I find them frustrating. I just want someone to bring out the sledgehammer, get that baby open. But I knew exactly what he was talking about, because in order to get the goodies out of the pinata, you do have to swing and hit and swing and hit. You have to work at it. And I knew he was talking about the goodies that we have from him. Not just anything, as Pastor was saying. It's not just my, my little mind thinking, I wish I could do this. No, we have a covenant that most of us are not enjoying all the goodies in that covenant because we have an enemy that's always, you know, trying to come against us in some way. So whether it's for healing, whether it's provision, whether it's that job a person needs, whether it's relationships that are, that are all messed up in families, whether it's a fear, you know, we live in a dangerous time, whether we wonder, will I be protected if I go here? You know, we have so many wonderful provisions in our covenant. And that's what he was talking about. All of us have things in that pinata. You know, when it breaks, all the goodies come out, right? But you have to keep swinging. And it just seems to take forever sometimes. And I knew what he was saying. Our version of hitting the pinata, our version of hitting the, the pinata, the spiritual pinata with what we need for it, from it whether whatever's going on, and was like, gee, God promises this, but I'm not seeing it. Or he's spoken something to my heart, but it's taken forever. When am I going to see this come to pass? Our job, because he wants us to be engaged in the process with him, is to take our sword of the spirit, our sledgehammer, and keep hitting it and hitting it. That was the point is, keep hitting it. It's getting that dent, it's getting close. Something is about to break and that applies to some of you here. Keep hitting it, keep hitting it with the word of the Lord. It's more powerful than even what? We're told that our weapons are much more mighty than the carnal weapons of this world. The spiritual world is so much more powerful than this natural world but we can get discouraged, we can get tired of doing it, lots of things going on, but his, his encouragement was to keep doing it. Um, I was reading where even King David, you know, with a anointing from Samuel, with taking down Goliath, with killing his 10,000s in battle. I mean, <laughs> lots and lots of powerful things God was doing in his life. And yet he came to a place where even when Saul, deranged as he was, trying to kill him, said, you're better than I am. You're going to be king. Even with all that, David came to a place and said, no, he's just going to kill me. I'm going to go live with the Philistines, the enemy. He just kind of backed out for a while. And there, 
It's an interesting read if you haven't read it or it's a good one to revisit because he ends up with a, a, a mess. Like Pastor was saying, you go your own way and it seems good for a moment and then you end up with a big mess. And Ziklag was a big mess for him. And he had to come back out and just get back on track. So my point is that if it's been tiring to keep believing for this, to keep, you know, declaring it, saying, God, you said this, and I'm not giving up on this. Keep hitting that pinata till the goodies come out because something's about to break. Amen.